Hi everyone, this is Christiane Brock, and I am grateful to be your host today and every day. Join me here on the Less Stressed Vet Podcast. This is where I'll be sharing tools to create a more sustainable career, where we can excel as veterinary care workers without sacrificing our health, happiness, and well-being to rediscover your passion inside and outside of vet med. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Less Stress Vet podcast. I'm really grateful that you're here today. I'm always so thankful that you are here joining me on another episode on this journey that we all walk together okay so everyone in the veterinary care world i want everyone to have as much information to be able to live your life to the fullest and to be the best version of yourself and when we talk about wellness there are multiple things in life that influence your overall wellness and your overall just day in and day out happiness. So we need to talk about a topic that has not been discussed on this podcast. Money and financial fitness are definitely things or topics that we don't always talk about and we're not always fully open about. Money is everywhere, but it's almost taboo to talk about, right? And I find that in veterinary medicine that money can be a delicate subject because we have to talk with our clients about finances in relation to the medicine that we provide. That is one thing about veterinary care workers. This is a part of our job that, that's not really analogous to a lot of the other professional fields. A lot of times people do not realize how much medical care actually costs. And so it can be a delicate subject for us. I like to tell people money's like food, okay? It's completely necessary. You absolutely have to have some level of it to survive, okay? And you can consume it. Now, with food, you can cons consume a certain amount and it can directly affect your health. But money is the same. So the more you consume, you can overspend and that can actually affect your financial fitness in the long run. And just like money, or just like food, I should say, you can track what you're doing with your money, just like how some people track their food, okay? So there are a lot of, a lot of parallel things about money and food. But what I tell people is just like food, you have to have some level of awareness in order to have good financial health. Your physical health, like if you ate Klondike bars for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks, 
you are going to be in a world of hurt in the long run, right? You're going to have potential diabetes and heart disease and all of that. So if you overspend chronically without really thinking about it, and you're doing the same thing over and over, you can pretty much put yourself into some form of chronic disease regarding money. Okay, so what we also need to take into consideration that as veterinary care workers, we have already put ourselves into positions where we may not have the best financial status, okay? So as veterinarians or as veterinary technicians, you have taken out a certain amount of funding in order to get your certificate or your diploma or whatever it is that you get in order to do your job. And this already puts you behind the curve for people that come out of high school or college and that are able to work immediately. I, for one, am not judgmental as far as what you do with your money. That's totally fine. Like if you want to spend it, you want to buy lattes, you want to do, you know, you want to go out on vacations. That's great. But what I'm here to tell you is that you have to have some sort of system to get your financial house in order. Like living in this time, and like right now it's August of 2022, we have seen really high um, like prices for gas prices, for food prices, and not a day goes by that I hear about, you know, what's the price of gas today? Oh, this gas station on this corner has the cheapest gas and, and things like that. And so we are in a period of time where inflation is occurring and interest rates are going up. And while the financial world is cyclical, this was about, you know, this was going to happen anyway. The last time I lived through a recession was right when I graduated from vet school. So I have totally aged myself and I have basically let you know that I graduated a long time ago. But we can always expect at some point in time that there's going to be a recession and that your dollar is not going to go as far. But do you have a plan in order to get you through it? Do you have an idea of what you want to do in this life? Because money is a tool that will get you there. Okay, and I can't count the number of times that I've heard coworkers, friends stress about a bill that needs to be paid or an unexpected medical bill or, you know, a, a car problem that came up and it totally derailed their financial plan. So we need a plan in order to limit these unforeseen circumstances and how they affect our life and how they might affect our financial health, okay? Now, I'm going to speak very specifically for a second about veterinarians. And so bear with me if you're a veterinary technician or a veterinary staff member, but this all applies to everybody. We know that 
the debt to income ratio for veterinary care workers or specifically veterinarians is at an all time like mismatch. Okay. So when you look at the typical vet student taking on student loans, in 2019, the AVMA said it was about $183,000 for the average. So that means some people have well below that and other people have well above that, okay? But keep in mind that 20% of these um, surveyed people have over $200,000 of student loans. Now that is a big hole to kind of dig yourself out of, okay? And the average salary for a veterinarian in 2020 was $99,000. So not even 100K. And so if you literally had no bills at all, and like your food and your rent were paid for, it would take you over two years to pay. Now, math is not so simple. Life is not so simple. But that ratio is pretty disturbing. When I graduated from vet school, and this was in 2007, I had $150,000 in student loan debt, okay? And I didn't make, my average salary was not that, it was lower. Um, but what you don't realize, and what I had come to realize, that after paying a year of, you know, monthly minimums on my student loan debt, I went to look at my statement and realized that the, that the loan amount had not changed. And I was astounded. I'm like, I'm paying this really big sum every month. Like what is happening? And what I realized is that the interest on those loans were getting paid and very a very minimal amount of my payments were actually going to principal. So when you look at the total amount of average student loan debt, you're looking at a number, but this number grows every year and it's likely going to grow exponentially. That's what's called compound interest. And so what we need to do is let's face reality together. Okay. There shouldn't be shame around money. There shouldn't be shame around talking about the tools that are in front of us to help us understand money. And, you know, you can try to sweep money and debt and all of that under the rug and ignore it, but it will come to haunt you one day. Okay. So, and the reason why I really want to really touch on this and talk about it is that we have to live day in and day out. We deserve to get, be, to get to be paid a fair wage. And I don't want to see any more veterinarians and veterinary care workers leaving the field because they feel like they're not compensated well enough because they realize that the stress that they're undergoing is not worth um, 
it's not worth it anymore for whatever reason. And then they have this huge, you know, loan amount that's sitting there and that's going to be a stressor for them, right? It's like, I went to school to have this degree and now I've got this mountain of debt, but I've left the veterinary care world. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to provide for my family? Like, that's a terrible place to be. And then on the other side, and this is what I felt, okay? So I'm going to be real with you. There was a period where I was in profound burnout. And I was not sure if I wanted to be a veterinarian anymore. And I was staring my debt in the face. Okay, and so by that time, I probably had like $130,000 in debt. And I remember thinking, I'm trapped. I'm backed into a corner. I have to do this job in order to dig myself out. And I, I did dig myself out. I will let you know I worked many months where I only had three or four days off. Okay. I worked every weekend. I worked as many shifts as I could. And I did pay off that debt. But I remember telling another veterinarian that I didn't want to have to go to work because I had to pay this debt. I didn't want that to trap me. And if I wanted to leave the veterinary care world, I was going to be able to do that without the looming student debt over me. Okay. I wanted to have some financial freedom there. And that will come into play later. We'll talk a little bit about how that actually served me. Now, I'm not going to judge if you are a veterinarian that is looking at, you know, looking at the forgiveness plans or, um, you know, some specific repayment plan. I will tell you that I am completely ignorant to those programs. Um, what I do know is that some of these programs, when you get your debt forgiven, it's looked at it's looked at as taxable income. So you're going to be responsible for the taxes on that forgiveness. So from what I understand, that you're going to have this big tax bill to pay, but shouldn't deter you from the you know, from the program, like, albeit, like, if, if you are going to participate in this program and you qualify, do it, you know, like, go ahead and do that. But just be prepared for that tax bill. And, and what does that come back to? It comes back to getting your financial house in order, right? Like, can you save enough money every month so that when that tax bill comes due, you literally write in a check? Talk about freedom. Talk about having that powerful moment. Like, I want you to have that. So I digress. You know, that was all specifically regarding veterinary um, school debt. But let's get back to the general veterinary care worker discussion, right? So how do you get your house in order? This is, this applies to everybody. Well, first of all, you need to know where you are. Like literally, how much debt do you have? Do you have any debt? I want you to, to get a notebook, right? Like 
go get a composition book. Everybody remembers what that is. Or just open a notes page on your phone. Like you don't have to buy anything. Just be resourceful, right? And I want you to actually track how much debt you have. So this is cars, house, student loans, credit card debt, uh, second mortgages, like get organized, just figure out where you are. If you know where you are and you know where you wanna be, or maybe you don't even know, you haven't dreamed, you haven't thought about where you really wanna be, like I invite you to do that because so many of us ignore the debt and we're just surviving in vet med. We may not even have the capacity or the awareness to dream of where you want to go. Like, what's your goals? Do you have financial goals? Like for me, I mean, I love my job, but I'll be honest, I don't want to do this until I'm 80 years old. I want to be able to retire. I want to be able to spend time with my family. Heck, like next year, I want to take an extra vacation, right? So can you, can you plan these things? Do you have goals to be aware of, to set, right? Okay. So one of the biggest pieces of advice that I ever got from multiple um, sources is to pay yourself first, right? So we need to talk about two things, paying yourself first and emergency funds. Because as I talked about earlier, you can never predict everything that happens to you. If something happens, then where does that money come from? Do you have a cushion? And so this is part of paying yourself first. This is to ensure or to protect the rest of your assets, okay? So look at your budget, and budget is a dirty word for a lot of people, but what a lot of people do is they spend throughout the month, and then they might look and see what's remaining in their bank account, and they'll take that and put it into savings. And that is very backwards. What I want to invite you to do is to look at what you're spending every month. So just start with tracking. Like actually get a budgeting app. You might wanna look at, you need a budget or Dave Ramsey, or there are plenty of apps out there that'll help you track your budget, okay? And just get a feel for what your spending habits are like. How much are you spending on takeout? How much are you spending the Uber, spending on the Uber Eats category? How much are you spending on groceries every month? Um, just start to actually be aware, create awareness around things like this. Okay. So that's the first thing. And then you're going to build your emergency fund. Now this is going to be different for most people, but for me, I got to a place where I initially built my emergency fund to a thousand dollars. And that was back, you know, this was back in like, 2010 guys so you're gonna need more than that now especially with how inflation is playing into the current financial kind of climate but 
every paycheck, make sure you're putting money into that emergency fund first. And that will literally become less and less painful. You won't even notice it over time. And then two things you might want to think about doing. So look at retirement options with your company. Some companies have excellent um, excellent retirement accounts and others do not. Look at individual IRAs. You want to probably find a financial advisor that can help you with these things, okay? I am not a financial advisor. I am not your financial advisor. I cannot give you solid advice as far as what to invest in, but you're gonna want to look at these things as far as looking into saving for the future, okay? Now, a couple of other things you're gonna want to look at disability insurance. So the way this was introduced to me is that you as an individual are your biggest asset. Your earning potential is your biggest asset. You're going to want to protect yourself in the event that you become disabled, protect your family, okay? And the other part is to look at life insurance because you want to get this in an in order if you have dependents. And just as a side note, if you're looking at moving to relief work, you need to look into this before you move to relief work because it can be very difficult to get this once you are kind of a contractor. So that's something else to think about, okay? And that might also be the same for disability insurance. So like I said, I'm not a financial advisor, but these are some of the key players in your financial fitness that you need to look at. But what I'm going to touch on very briefly, because we're already at 21 minute mark, is when a financial emergency happens, whenever it's small or whether it's something catastrophic, you want that emergency to be more of an inconvenience than a true financial emergency, okay? So, for example, today, I actually meant to record this podcast early this morning, but I literally just got back home from the tire shop. I, my husband and I took our little hatchback car on a road where we usually park to get to a trail, and this road in the monsoons had gotten washed out and the road was a little more rough than we're used to. And so all that being said, my tire was cracked. The sidewall was totally cracked. We didn't notice it. Today, two days later, I got in the car to go to run an errand and the tire pressure was low. And I was like, huh, didn't notice anything, ran the errand and then checked my tires on the way home and noticed the crack in my tire. And you better believe I was <laughs> so nervous about getting that tire to a place where I could get the spare changed and, and then got to the tire place. So literally this, this is being recorded probably like eight hours after I had intended to. Um, but the, my other tires were older. So today became an unexpected, like almost $600 bill to replace all four tires on my car. And 
in my 2007 version of me, when I graduated from vet school, this would have rocked my world. I would have been like, I guess I got to put this on the credit card. Where am I going to get the money to pay this? You know, it would have been a huge headache. But now that I have an emergency fund and I also have a specific savings account for car maintenance. And if you want to learn more about that, my like specific savings, like um, kind of plan and like what I do in order to kind of create buffers and paying myself first, I'll be introducing that in a blog post. But it was truly an inconvenience. It costed me time and some boredom sitting there while they you know, replaced all my tires, but the financial stress was like, poof, whatever. I'm just going to move money from our car maintenance fund into my checking account so that I can pay the credit card bill. Like it was literally just the wave of, of keystrokes, you know, to kind of take care of that. So a more catastrophic thing, I'll just let you know, just, I'm going to touch on this very briefly is I had a family member that got very sick um, a few years ago. And I was at a point where I had my student loans paid off and I was working full time. But this family member needed a lot of support. And so I wanted to be there for my, for my family member. And so I went down to part-time work. And if I did not have my financial house in order, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And to me, that freedom to do that, to go down to shorter weeks and to travel to see my family member that was sick was priceless. This financial freedom that we had created, like we, we're not millionaires. We're, I mean, like we were not that well off, but we had cushion in our budget in order for me to be able to travel during that time. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that things are going to come up in life. And like I said, money can't buy happiness, but certainly being organized and having a goal and having a system that serves you is what this is about. And that my friends is the whole point to the Less Stress Vet Project and what we're discussing here. And so I just want to close in saying that if you have questions, if you want advice, if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Send me a DM. Let me know, you know where the challenges are. If you have suggestions for the podcast, let me know. And I will talk to more of you later. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of the Less Stress Vet Podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and please share this episode with a friend who might benefit from it. If you have any feedback, questions, or topics you might want to know about, don't hesitate. Email me at lessstressvet at gmail.com. And always remember, be yourself be better, and always be kind.